This is Josh Rangel, PK Unmiked, growing up as a pastor's kid to now what it's like to be a dad of three, jiu-jitsu, leadership, working out, struggles, goals, disciplines. I just hope to get real with you um, and open up to help you just become a little bit better as we grow together. Let's get after it. Hey, good evening, Facebook. Welcome to one of our first or first episodes. I don't know what we're to call this of PK and Mike. And so uh, I have a little agenda here tonight. But since it's the first one, it's going to be a little bit different. So for you guys that haven't followed me for a while, I think you know what I do for my career. I'm a health coach. But this is what it's not about. And so I want to give you guys a little more insight of who I am, um, who I'm becoming, um, and just how life is a journey. And so um, I'm 39 years old. And PK unmiked means pastor kid unmiked. And so I hope to become real and uncut. And uh, if you guys have questions, I want to be able to answer those. But I grew up in the church since day one. My dad was a pastor. Um, and we'll get into a lot of that in later episodes, I'm sure. But I'll tell you straight up, growing up in the church and going to church doesn't mean crap. It just doesn't. It's all about the journey. It's about the heart. It's about the relationship um, with Christ. And so growing up in the church... As a pastor's kid, I was the good pastor's kid, right? I didn't get into a lot of trouble. And a big part of that was I didn't want to disappoint my dad. Um, as a pastor, I didn't want to make him look bad. That was, uh, and that's just a theme in my life. And we'll get to that tonight about performance. It's been a performance for me for a really long time. And um, growing up in the church, I would know the memory verses. And so when people ask me, Josh, tell me what the scriptures say, I could tell you exactly what they say. But when I got to college, I had a great roommate, Brian, who told me often people miss it by eight inches. Often it's in the head, but it never gets to the heart. And so growing up all the way through church, I was one of those people that had it in my head, but wasn't really impacting the heart the way it should be um, and having that relationship the way Christ wants it to be. And so um, I kind of went through life. I did give my life to Christ and uh, I was sincere about that. I really wanted to be in a place um, um, I knew he died on the cross for my sins I wanted to be in heaven right that was it but again the relationship side wasn't there and so um, it wasn't all the way through um, like my senior in high school um, I our team I was a quarterback and safety for a high school football team and we ended up winning our championship and I remember being on the field and seeing a lot of people jump around on the field and I sat there thinking, there has to be more to this. There, there has to be more. Like, this can't be it. I, I'm excited that we won. I'm pumped up for our team. But at the same time, there was a deeper conviction with my heart that there had to be more. So I started going to a different church uh, when I was 18. And uh, started hearing things a little bit differently and seeing things a little bit differently as far as what it was like to pursue this relationship um, it still didn't make sense. Uh, I was blessed to go into, uh, got into a relationship with a girl that wasn't healthy. Um, went to a junior college to play baseball, ended up hurting my shoulder, and um, decided to either have surgery or finish up my football career at this junior college with some good friends. So it was my second year. Decided to go out and play football, 
ended up getting a full ride scholarship at Texas Tech University. Um, and that's kind of where I want to start this journey with you tonight. And um, so when I got to Texas Tech, there was a guy named um, Peter Abrig, and he played corner for us. And he was the first guy my age that I saw living a different lifestyle um, that I wanted. Uh, he actually proclaimed to be a follower of Christ and lived it out with his whole heart. And I remember specifically in one practice, so he played corner, we were doing one-on-one -on -one drills, the receiver caught a ball, turned around, dropped the ball in his face and said something to the effect of, um, your God couldn't stop that. And I never seen Peter get mad or angry and he just went at it with this guy. And I said, wow. Peter introduced me to this guy named Philip Goff who became, is still my one of my best friends today, amazing gentleman, but his investment into my life uh, is what really started this journey of digging deeper. And so I remember Philip telling me, hey, meet me at IHOP and uh, bring your Bible. And I was like, bring my Bible to IHOP. How weird is that? And I show up, he goes, open your Bible. We open our Bible. And that's the first time someone actually sat down with me and read through scriptures with me and asked me questions, what does that mean? He never pushed anything. He never um, drilled me about anything. He was nothing but love and grace through my college years and really opened up my eyes to what this looks like. And so that's kind of just a quick background. I'm sure I'm gonna get into this a little more as we do this more often, but I've been keeping journals. And so one thing I've always, always read on successful people, I loved biographies growing up, and through college, I read a lot of biographies. And here's a couple of things that successful people or people who made impact in this world did that I caught on to. It's like three things. They woke up early, they read a lot of books, and they journaled. And so I just started journaling all things as um, I started diving into the word a little bit more. And it was fun because I've been going through some of these notes that I wrote back. So this one I'm reading is from April 3rd, 2003. And in this, um, I read through some scriptures and my question to him or my thought to him was this, um, that he gives me wisdom and helped me realize to ask for the spirit to seize my life so I can't, so I stop doing the things um, through the flesh, right? And so it's like this, I was struggling in college and I was doing things like we all do in college and I didn't like it. I didn't want to be that person. And so um, I was asking God to change some of these sinful habits, right? And um, as I read that, I laugh because it's not like he happens overnight. There's things, and I don't want to sit here and portray this perfect image to you because I'm far, far, far from that. In fact, the growth in the last 14 years of my marriage um, is what it's been, is just growth. And then I would say the last eight years, and this year, um, God's breaking some more chains uh, for me uh, this year uh, specifically. Um, and I'm just like thinking through all these cool things because there's story, you can have the same exact story and thought and growth if you really wanted to pursue something meaningful in this life. And it's hard to be in a business, it's sales related, it's health related, it's about getting results for your customers and your team. Um, and a lot of us are in positions like that in your job. It's all about performance issues. So a lot of time it becomes your society, your group of friends, how you dress, how you look. And that's what it becomes for us. And it has nothing to do with that. 
Like when all that stuff's done and said, you have to ask yourself, what's your legacy and what are you leaving behind, right? Because um, that's a question I've been asking myself a lot lately, especially in the last seven years since I have a son who's seven, another son that's five and a daughter that's four, is what is the impact I'm having on them? And there's been times in the last seven years of raising these children that I'm not proud of the things that I've done in front of them because I said that's the example I'm setting. And so it's a constant journey. And so as I talk about um, things I've learned, and I beat myself up, right? Performance space through sports, through college, everything's about how you perform. And when you don't perform up to the level you know, need to, you beat yourself up. I am the most competitive person to myself in my life. There's no one that's going to be harder on me than me. That's who I am. And that's who my personality is. And I've learned to accept that. There's good and bad to that, right? The bad is I'm going to beat myself up when I'm not performing to the level I want to. And that means the way I live, um, uh, the way I'm as a husband, the way I'm as a father, the way I'm as a, a leader to my team, the way I'm to my customers. If I don't live up to the expectations I want, I beat myself up, especially when I don't live up to the expectations of the gospel that I call myself to be a Christian, but I can't live up to everything. And I beat myself up and I beat myself up. And so that pulls me to about eight years ago. Um, I was in this transition in my career and I was tired. I was sick and miserable of being um, physically out of shape. Uh, my career, my job didn't have a lot going for me. I was tired of trying to play this corporate America game because it wasn't me. That's not who I was. I'm not this business minded sit in the office suit and tie type of guy happy hours that's just not me and i was just in this bad place it was creating anger in my heart i was struggling with sin issues in my life and all of that was just getting overwhelming for me because again here i am this miserable character trying to figure out who i'm supposed to be in christ as a husband um, in the business career world and i wasn't living up to any expectations that I was setting for myself and I was falling apart. And uh, randomly, I opened up the Word of God and started reading through it. And I came across uh, this verse right here. I'm going to read it to you guys because I don't know who this is going to impact. In fact, what I'm doing tonight has been on my mind for months. And um, I've been hesitant to get out there because I'm afraid of where this might go. Just to be straight up honest with you, but that's okay. Because if uh, one person gets something out of it, then that's what it's here for. And so this is the verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And uh, people ask me a lot, right? Why are you so calm? Why don't you get so, you don't overreact? You seem to handle pressure pretty well. And you know, it's just, that's God's grace. That's just what it is. I haven't always been that way. I used to wear my emotions on my sleeve a whole lot. So you would know how I feel and know what I thought. And uh, only because of him am I going to hold back. So this verse says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will boast about my weakness so the power of Christ may dwell in me. And this is Paul talking, right? Paul is uh, just, I'm not going to get a Bible study. I'm not a scholar. Um, so, but Paul was just a stud in the Bible. And he, so he says this, and so the power of Christ may dwell in me. He realizes that his weaknesses is the strength because it causes you to live on the power and grace of Christ. So therefore, I'm will content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for I'm weak, then I am strong. Like it's this understanding of knowing that that crap is going to happen to you in your life. 
the why and I why I think people can't handle it very well when stress isn't things because their foundation is weak. I don't know what your foundation is in. I don't know where you stand and that's up that's for you to figure out and that's for you to go on this journey for yourself but if you have a weak foundation that's constantly moving that's not a rock that's not solid when those things happen you collapse more importantly what i love about that verse is it took away all my strength and put it on something greater than me so as a performance driven person always needing to perform to get on the football field, always needing to perform to move up the corporate ladder, always needing to be that image of the perfect husband, right? When I got married, I had this image of what I was gonna be like and it wasn't that way. It like broke me. I can't be the husband I thought I wanted to be, right? And when I had kids, I'm gonna be this dad that does this and that. And when I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not that dad. And that verse right there, when it hit me, just realized, Josh, your career, it's okay. Like it's okay if you're not succeeding right now. It's okay that you fall on your face when you're trying to raise your kids. It's okay to do that because you have to rely on me to do that. And so this morning I posted something. Um, there's a great book out there called, with Lee Strobel. There's actually a good movie out there. And it was given to me back in college, right? Because I was, I was like, hey, if I'm going to get into this, I want to know who Christ is. And is this something I can really believe in? So I read this book, The Case for Christ, and it's an awesome book. The movie's out there now, too. It's a phenomenal book. It was written by an ex-atheist who was out to disprove that the gospel is fake. And as he went um, on this two-year, two-and-a-half-year journey um, to disprove the Bible, all he found was there's all this proof and evidence um, that the gospel is the gospel. And everything was based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the tomb was empty and that he raised from the dead. And if you can disprove that, then everything we believe in this Bible is false. Everything I believe as a man um, and in the gospel of Christ in my life is false. And the truth of the matter is he raised from the dead and that alone sets itself apart. And so I posted this because I read it this morning. And it was something that made a huge impact um, on me just this morning on my daily devotional. And so all we needed when we first came to Jesus was his grace. And grace is all we need to grow in Christ. Grace liberates us. Our tendencies toward performance imprison us. And so um, that is um, what I wanted to portray tonight because I know our country is going through a lot right now. Um, we have a lot of people battling the flesh right? Not living in the spirit. And that's okay. Um, because I think there's people that need to separate themselves. Um, I get a lot of uh, feedback about, I can't go to church, um, because a bunch of hypocrites and hell yeah, there's a lot of hypocrites in church. I'm one of them. Um, there's a lot of sinners in church. There's a lot of people, um, that aren't perfect in church. And, uh, that's again, why this grace, um, his blood over our sins is so important. And uh, I don't know how you're beating yourself up tonight. I don't know if you are beating yourself up tonight, but I want you to know I've been there and uh, I'm still there in many different ways. And there's journey. Um, it seems like as you break through one area, right? As you're willing to work through one area of your life, it just another area gets revealed. And it's like you do have these layers in your heart, right? You have these many, many layers of your heart. 
And as you break through one barrier, another one opens up that you know you have to work on it. And that's why uh, it's a race, right? This, this, this life, this journey, this spiritual walk, it's, it's a race. And there's a finish line coming. And you need to keep on running and keep on running and keep on running and finish the race. And so uh, that is what I want to get on and share tonight. Uh, I plan on doing these every single Tuesday night. Um, and I, I plan on, to be honest with you, as, it, as, as the title PK Mike is I want to get more real and more honest with you guys um, because God's broken me in a lot of different ways um, in the last six months uh, and specifically in the last eight years. And he's been breaking me for since 2002 when I met Philip Goff and Peter Abreg and they started pouring their lives into me and showing me what it takes to become the man I desire to be. And the uh, funny part about it was to become the man I desire to be it takes very less, very little effort on my part as far as what I must do. Um, in fact, what I must do is continue to die to myself. And so you guys have a great night. Um, what's up, Lynn? Good seeing you. Uh, God gave us a church for sinners, not for saints. Uh, absolutely. There's Lynn Mallison, a good friend. Make sure you'll follow him. Amazing singer, does some incredible stuff uh, for his church. Um, good man, very good man. Uh, Sandra, love you too, Sandra. Uh, Sandra Hodge is amazing person. Um, man, glad you jumped on, Sandra. And so guys, hey, look, get after it. What that looks like for you, you have to go on the journey. You have to be willing to take those first steps uh, to become the person you're designed to be. He's called you for a greater purpose. Um, and it's for his purpose, but you're not going to discover that living in fear, allowing fear to stop you, um, mocking others, um, doing it your way, pleasing yourself and telling yourself, Hey, it's okay. Cause that's how I feel. I think that's a cop out, um, because you're afraid to face reality of what the truth really is. Hey, I love you guys. Have a great night. Thanks again. What's up, Shane? Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You inspire me all the time. So, hey, you guys take care. If you guys have any specific questions, feel free to direct message me and shoot me messages. Love to answer those. Let's go.